Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion, the man who is obsessed with making great music and teaching you how to make your own. And you could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. This is going to be an episode that is short and sweet today because I got things to do. Straight up, I got things I need to get to, and uh, I was debating whether even doing the pod, but a couple things that I want to talk to you about today, and so I figured it was worth it because things on my mind, a couple things I want to share, and I have a feeling there could be some Mm. gems in here for y'all. I also wanted to thank you in uh, to all of those who reached out to me over the last week. If you missed last week's episode, it was a podcast where I was like, I'm not sure where I'm at. I'm in this kind of like place where I'm a little lost and I'm searching and trying to figure things out and I'm still in that spot, but I'm feeling a lot better about it. Some folks reached out and it's, I think, very obvious that this is not a unique situation. This is something that people have been feeling for centuries. So it's good to know that this is a very normal part of the process. And that's something that I want to talk to you about today was a book that I read recently since the last time we spoke. And it's called The Dip by Seth Godin. I'm a huge Seth Godin fan, but this episode is going to be centric around when to quit, when to grit, and the difference between the two and maybe some nuances there. And over the last week, I decided there's an activity I'm not going to be quitting and an activity that I will be quitting. And how I chose to do both, why, and also how to design happiness, which is a little teaser for the very end of this episode that I've been digging into lately and some cool actionable takeaways if that sort of thing interests you. So if you don't know about Seth Godin, he's the man. He's like kind of a modern day, like bald Buddha dude. And he's like a marketing master, but he also has some really rad ideas around art and creative work. And his book, The Dip, is about this place that you get in any sort of creative pursuit, business pursuit, pursuit in general, trivial pursuits. And it's, I'm sorry, that was a terrible joke. I apologize. And it's this place when you want to quit. And he talks about when you should quit and the reasons for it. And so last week, I was really torn because I feel like, I mean, this is kind of a, a constant push and pull, but I feel like I'm at this place where I have a lot of skills that I'm not necessarily utilizing. And then these other skills that I am utilizing, but in that sort of ikigai, those, those, those crossovers of like, what do you love to do? What do you pay? What will the world pay you for? What does the world need, et cetera? Like, I feel like my music hasn't quite reached that, that perfect quadrant yet of where like they all meet where I feel like I love making music haven't really made money from it world hasn't really told me that it needs it but that doesn't mean that it doesn't need it that like maybe I just haven't found the right audience for it so I'm just kind of holding on to hope at the other on the other hand I feel like I have all these other skills that I could potentially use that may help the world more or the world might want more or I might get paid more for at least in this moment. Unfortunately, I'm not as passionate about any of those things except for one thing which I want to talk to you about soon. But the one of the biggest takeaways from the book that I got was to not quit when you're in the dip. So there will be a time 
in every young man's life. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There will be a time in everything you're doing when you're going to kind of hit this like rut and it's like, ah, uh, and things are going to be really hard. You're not going to want to keep doing it. And you're going to be, you're feeling just kind of like you're butting your head against the wall and not really making a lot of progress. And he's like, don't quit in this time unless it's like some sort of a dead end job or he has all these other kind of scenarios, but I'm not going to talk about those too much. But in terms of, for me, that was a rad recognition to say, if you're going to quit, don't quit right now. Like, there's because of the time invested is worth something. And so it's always this weird duality where he talks about being the best in the world. And if you can be the best in the world at something, you get re- like compounding benefits from it. So it's pretty much like the 1% of every job or career makes like 80% of like what the rest of the people make. It's between like being a professional football player and a college football player or a arena football player. Like if you're in that 1%, like the gains are, are, so it's worth it to invest the time to really get good, to get really good. And the best in the world doesn't necessarily have to be the best in like out of everyone, but like the best in that world. So like even finding your niche and then how do you double down and be really good at that thing in that market. And so for me, that's what I'm thinking is where I need to nail it is like, I'm not the best rapper, singer, producer, engineer. But if you combine all of those things, then I feel like I have a much better shot. It's like if if I'm able to like take all my hyphens and all the things that I'm passionate about and combine those into one thing or just have that maybe be something that that is helps me kind of uh, differentiate myself then the market is much smaller and and so i was like okay that's cool maybe i don't have to be the best in the world i don't have to be jack harlow or beat drake but in this world whatever world that is that i'm in in music in this online indie music game to be one of the best in that genre and i was like that gives me some hope It, it it still comes down to this kind of like thousand true fans thing of like you don't have to compete with everybody but if you find the folks that you resonate with like it just there's not as much competition. And so you can really knock it out of the park in that regard. So that was one piece was like, get really, really good. And I'm like, okay, I'm still working on that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. I can be part of that journey. And he talks about, you only have so much time to invest. So if you're going to invest in something like really think about it, if that's something you want to try to take all the way. And on the other hand, he talks about if you have invested a lot of time in something, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should stick with it just because of the time that you spent so far. That is a good indicator. I think maybe that it is something you're passionate about or, or really want if you have spent a lot of time on it. But he talks about the writer Michael Crichton, and I didn't realize this, but Michael Crichton went to Harvard Medical School. I'm pretty sure he was a med student at Harvard, completed, I think, or somewhere along, like he wanted to be a doctor and he was either like starting his residency or was in medical school, but he had given a lot of his life to becoming a doctor. And within like all of that time spent, he ended up then quitting and becoming a writer. And he wrote Jurassic Park and 13th Warrior and all these huge things that we know of today. But I love that, that, that just because time is invested doesn't mean that you you need to continue or you should continue if it's not paying off dividends anymore. And so for me, when I think about that with music and myself, I'm like, okay, so I have invested like a decade into this. So I have a lot of knowledge. I'm into it. I can continue to hone the craft. 
I haven't seen many results yet, but maybe it's like, what if you quit like the day before it took off? And I was like, that's a, that kind of kills. And so a kind of framework to work around that I love that he speaks about is to set the parameters for when and why you'll quit before you start. And that I thought was really powerful or set the parameters of when and why you'll quit like before you feel like quitting. Because if you're in the marathon and it's raining and your feet hurt and you're hungry and you're like the 20th mile, like it's a lot easier to quit then rather than if you say before the marathon starts when you're comfortable saying, okay, maybe if I get to the 21st mile and I've broken a bone or I have shin splints or whatever excuses that you want, you say, okay, then I can quit. But you, you need to set those parameters before you get there. So right now, I'm actually in the worst place to even think about quitting because I'm in my dip for music because I feel especially lost after the LA thing kind of blew up on my face. So right now, and I'm kind of especially vulnerable, this is like the worst time to do it because this is when it's the most uncomfortable. The good news is, breakdowns create breakthroughs. So as my buddy Dave told me this last week, he dropped some gems on me. It's because I'm in a moment right now of so much discomfort that it's really forcing me to think outside the box, which is kind of a beautiful thing. I'm really, I'm really, really thinking outside the box. And I'm just open to all sorts of possibilities. I'm really kind of getting back in touch with myself, trying to figure out what does this next chapter look like? What am I okay with doing? What am I not okay with doing? If this music thing hits the fan and my business falls apart, am I okay going back getting a part-time job? Am I okay going back to Asia teaching English? Like, should I just try to get a part-time job and just create music for the rest of my life and that's that? Should I try to monetize the art? Like, there are all these different ways to do it. And realizing that you get to a point when thinking itself is not enough. I love, you know me, I'm Mr. Like, faux philosophy. But I also think there's a point when action leads to clarity. And for me... I was like, okay, I don't know where I'm going anymore. I'm, the business is kind of slowing down. But I want, what inspires me? Like, let me take it back to just like, what am I even curious about? Where do I feel that excitement again, like in my stomach? What, what gets me fired up? I miss being fired up. You know, I miss having that thing I'm chasing and feeling a real sense of purpose. And I remember watching these videos of Ryan Leslie, he's a producer, engineer, John Bellion, producer, engineer, artist. And I remember watching these videos of these guys doing like behind the scenes stuff, like making beats and then writing and stuff, but it's all like in the studio. And I was like, that would be really, I was like, that sounds fun. I don't love rapping to the camera, but I love making stuff on camera and speaking to the camera. So I was like, maybe that's an angle. And so I was looking around at different music studios and I was like, okay, maybe I could go to the studio, rent out time, and then hire a videographer to come like shoot it. I reached out to a bunch of different studios and hourly rates weren't bad, but I also, just because I like to take my time and nothing quite fit right, people weren't getting back to me. I was like, Kia, let me just invest in some stuff. I know I'm going to be in Medellin for a hot minute. Let me just spend some money and get some cool stuff for like speakers and maybe some lights and like a little beat pad. And let me just like expand, make my music more of a focus, content creation around music, more of a focus, and 
work on sharing it in a way that I feel good about. And to me, I, I've realized even though Gary Vee preaches TikTok and TikTok is the way to blow up right now for musicians, I just don't love TikTok. I don't spend a lot of time on it. Same with Instagram. And since I'm on my digital minimalism shit, that's another thing that I'm like, okay, if I quit those things, again, these are marketing tools that I think are incredibly useful. But I'm like, if I, what, what would I really, what do I really want out of these? And if I quit these now, what, like this sort of like pros and cons thing. And so I'm trying it out of being off of social media, of just maybe using it a little bit on the weekends, but kind of like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, just like stash it in the folder, letting it rock and really focusing on the one platform that I love, which is YouTube and saying, let me make content that I'm passionate about. That seems exciting. That gets me fired up again. And see where it goes. And so if my house or if my apartment right now looks like a pack and ship center, it's because it is. I've got uh, all the equipment that came in. I've got to kind of assemble it and stuff, but I'm excited about it. I found a rad uh, Venezuelan university student and she's going to shoot some stuff for me. And so Saturday, she's going to come over and we're just going to start shooting content, kind of see where it goes. She's like very much an amateur, but I, I think to me, that's always more exciting was when someone is actually passionate about the project more than just being really good at it and then charging you and not really being emotionally invested. So I'm really stoked to see where it goes and maybe we can come up with some cool content together. But just for me, that's like one thing that I'm like, that feels really exciting. That's something I want to pursue and see where it goes. So I'm hoping that creatively that might kind of help me like dig out of my rut in terms of the music and as well as kind of some marketing in there with the videos. So that's one thing. I'm not going to quit just yet. I'm going to wait until I'm out of the dip and then maybe come up with some better parameters for when to quit. That said, another thing that I've been excited about and kind of tossing around the idea of is doing some sort of a YouTube channel where I share ideas around things that I've learned throughout the week or the month. So I read a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And it'd be almost like a blinkist for information or, or podcasts or just cool things that would be around productivity and health and relationships and just these, a lot of these like self, self-help, self I guess, self-improvement things that I love and would be, I, but I would actually spend the time to like make them really cool and that I'd like get a teleprompter and like script the videos out and like really make them like cool, powerful content. And that's another thing that I get really excited about. But for right now... That was, the, that was the latest thing just yesterday I was meditating and it came to me and I was like, ooh, that sounds like fun, like something I could really do. But I'm going to just rock with the music right now. I'm going to focus on that, see where that goes, and then maybe dive into more of the, the productivity kind of YouTube channel thing and see where that goes. But that content, to me, I feel like that's really where my ikigai thing would come together. Like, what do I like to do? What am I passionate about? What does the world need? What could I get paid for? I feel like, like my productivity stuff is probably at this point, like I just feel, at least I feel like there's like more of a market for it right now than necessarily my music, but maybe that's just a limiting belief of mine around my music, which I'm still working through. But that's another thing that I've just been like, ooh, that'd be cool, but let me kind of take this one thing at a time, build up my little home studio, get the music rocking, focus on making the music, making content around the music, in the music business, like my little music business, and just like focus on those things for a little bit and see where it goes. But that's kind of on my mind. So just as a heads up. In terms of quitting, 
I'm embarrassed. But your boy's going to quit jujitsu. This is a fool me once, shame on you. Fool me three times, shame on me. I love jujitsu. There's something about grappling that I think is so primal. If you watch like men, young men, boys, like playing, it's like there's a lot of this kind of grappling wrestling involved. And I can't describe it to you the high that you get after rolling for like an hour, like these different matches and sparring and jujitsu. It's just really rad and I love it. There's the cerebral part to it mixed with the physical, which is just, I adore it. Unfortunately, every single time I do it, I get hurt and it knocks me out of the game for like a month. Same injury that I got in Guadalajara, same injury they got in Chiang Mai. I'm just a wuss. And so I've bruised my ribs pretty bad. Young dudes, they get a little spazzy um, when I was rolling last week and messed me up pretty good. Got my ass kicked. And I was like, I'm now back in physical therapy for my shoulder that I hurt from jujitsu. My ribs are injured, so I can't really box or do other things. I was like, is this worth it? And as much as I love it, I just, for me personally, I don't think it's worth it because I hate being injured. I My whole point about being physical is I pride myself on being able to move well, run, jump, sprint, swim, box, strength training with no pain. And it's taken me a long time to get there. You know, like I say, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you is also the best thing that's ever happened to you. And the sort of pros and cons because of uh, all the joint problems I've had in the past because of my blood thing, I feel like I'm like part physical therapist. So I just know a lot about bodies and kinesthesia, 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 that word, and like how, like movement and these different things that are really important to me. And so being injured to me is just, it's one of the worst things because I can't, movement is like one of my favorite things in the world. So I just can't, when I can't do the things I love, it's like not worth it anymore. And so I'm like, as much as I love jujitsu, I just kind of, I'm realizing that I've got to have that conversation with my coach. And unfortunately, I've just like bought a gi and like bought some uh, rash guards and kind of invested this money into it. But that's one of those things where I'm like, this is something I, I'm not going to be the best in the world. I'm not even going to try to be. This is much the hobby. Is this hobby worth it to me? And as much as it pains me to say it, when I really dig deep, I realize it's not. Boxing, I feel like I can do sustainably because I'm not sparring. Excuse me. It, uh, there's no physical contact. With grappling, you need a partner. And so there will always be this risk of having somebody else involved. That with boxing, I love that I can do it alone. Even if I have a coach, I'm not, I'm hitting mitts and things, but I'm not ever, get, I'm like not sparring anymore, so I'm not getting hit in the head. It's like something I could do, I could see forever for my whole life. Same with strength training, if I'm smart about it. it. Cycling, swimming, these sorts of things. And so I work out in the mornings. But in the afternoons, I really like, afternoons, evenings, I really like having movement as well. Long walks. I was doing jujitsu, And I was like, what other type of movement can I do that involves people? As weird as this is going to sound, this is the truth. I really... I like the physical component of jujitsu of if nothing else, you're like being touched by somebody else. Like there's your, there's this physical component. You're, you're touching another person. 
And as weird as it sounds, I think that's one reason why I loved it was because you, even if it's not in like a loving way, there's something about like another, there's movement, a physical connection with another person that I, as someone, I'm not dating anyone right now. I feel like I'm really, I really lust after just being touched and that, that it doesn't necessarily have to be in like a sexual way, but just the, there was something about the grappling piece that there's a real, there's a real, it's primal. It's hard to describe, but it just feels right. And I was like, what else could I do? Like sort of movement with, with other people that involves some sort of touch. And so I'm thinking of doing dancing again. I tried dancing last year. I was terrible at it. I think maybe just because my teacher got mad at me a lot because I was terrible at it. But I was like, this might be fun if I weren't so shitty. And so I'm going to dive back into that. And my first class is actually again tonight. And I'm excited about it. I, I know it's going to be a long road because I don't... <laughs> I love Latin music and like salsa and bachata, but I don't like feel it in my soul the same way I do like future funk and dance hall and like hip hop house, like these other type of mood that I feel like in my body. I don't feel Latin rhythms in my body. Like I'm not like, I don't feel like, oh, I want to dance. Like if you, it's so funny. Like you go to any department store here and there's going to have like salsa or reggaeton blaring and like all the like cashiers are going to be like dancing and moving. Like it's just in the blood. And unfortunately, even with my like my Cuban ancestor like turning over in their grave right now, I just, it's not in like, I have to really think about like, the steps like one two three four five six seven one two like i'm not like I'm, it's not just like this natural thing where like you just like i don't know play some hip-hop shit or some dance hall and i was like oh i just want to like start two-stepping and grooving to it so that's a piece but i this is something that i'm like i would love to get good at this one it's this kind of this this movement that i like more than just like a sitting in spanish class thing i'm I still want to do spanish classes but i like I like being physical. I like moving. And so I was like, what's a movement thing? Some sort of a sport, something I can learn that I can do that has a community element to it. Same with the jujitsu and martial arts. That's why I love those. There's always community, like a real sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, community in those. And two, something I can do with that's sustainable that I can do for a very long time that I, a skill that I feel like I can invest in and become good at that will serve me for my life. And those are important to me. Not to, I don't want to do something like I can do right now but couldn't do later. And I feel like as an older guy, now that I'm in my 30s officially, I could see myself doing this in my 40s and my 50s and my 60s and like having a partner, especially if I want to date a Latina because I love Latinas, I think it'd be a cool skill to have. That's like I remember with my ex, when we'd go out, we would go on these little adventures and all these places in Mexico and she would want to dance. And because I'm not like necessarily a great dancer, I wouldn't want to. Like we'd go out and have a nice dinner and maybe get some drinks and chat. And that's very much a Kia type of date. Like let's talk about life. And if you could be any whatever, what would you be? Um, but there's also this like, it'd be cool to be like, hey, babe, like let's go dancing tonight. That I think could be a really cool way to connect with a partner. Just like it opens up more options for dates and fun things to do together and connect with each other that I think is something worth to worth it worthwhile to invest in and so i'm going to give it another shot salsa is a little fast for me right now i'm going to try bachata see where it goes but maybe some salsas there in the cards and a ver i'm not sure exactly what to expect from it but i just know i'd love to have 
a movement practice in the afternoons that involves community. I love my long walks, but a couple times a week, something that I'm actually get to do with other people that involves some sort of a touch and connection. I'm back in physical therapy, like I said, for my shoulder. And so yesterday I went to my physical therapist and she was like, I was, I was topless sitting on the bed and she was like digging into me with these things. And then afterwards she was like talking to me and just like she had my hand, her hand on my chest and was just like gently touching me. And I was like, this is so nice. I was like, I really miss just being touched. Like not even in a loving way. Just there's something about that that is so inherently human that I don't think I get enough of on the day on like a daily basis is just like being touched um take that take that as you will uh it is what it is so there's that and then i'm also going to dive back into spanish classes this is what i mean i love learning it's just something that i'm passionate about and that's where i feel like i'm like when i think my ikigai thing like what's something what sort of a business that i could build around learning and sharing right writing, speaking, teaching, like I want to share these things. These sound really fun to me. The idea of like reading and then like getting the the gems from that thing and then sharing them in this context or like a better, more scripted YouTube video, to me sounds super fun. And so I just think there's something there. I haven't tapped into it yet because I'm still so high on my music, but getting there. A uh, couple few things and then we'll wrap this up. I, I promise I'd leave you with a takeaway on designing happiness. And speaking of learning and sharing, I loved this. This was a podcast I've been working my way through the last few days. And it's about, it's these two professors, and they have this designing happiness lab, I think, in Stanford. And they talked about these four components that come down to designing happiness. The first one is to develop, like a lot of times you're like, I don't know what my passion is. And it's more like to develop a sense of curiosity, to go into the garden Lift open the rock, like lift up the rock and be curious about what's going on underneath it. Like you have to be curious. So that's one. Develop a curiosity. Two, have conversations with people. I know for me, especially right now because I'm a little bit lost, I've made uh, an intentional effort to reconnect with people. Old homies from high school, from college, after college, just like really being intentional about connecting with people, actually connecting with people is even on my digital minimalism thing, like less about leaving a comment and a heart and a like, like I'm off social and more just like, let me actually have a conversation with people. Let me actually reach out and like make this an actual hour long thing. We're in the same space time. We can laugh, joke, cry together, reconnecting with people. And in doing so, you just get different perspectives on what people are doing. And, and there's something about just chatting with people that I think is really powerful. You don't know what you don't know. And I think that that for me, that one really hit home. So develop a curiosity, talk with people. Three, try shit. I talk about this all the time. I love this concept. This for me was LA. Create the prototype. Run the experiment. Try it. Like, you think you might want to do it? Do it. I thought I was going to like jujitsu. I tried again for another time. Not meant to be. Uh, I'm going to try dance again now. I tried going to LA walking around in a mansion, talking to big shots. And I was like, this isn't for me. And so I think that that piece, speaking of action, creating clarity is a huge piece of this designing happiness is trying stuff. Like you have to, the, in the podcast, the episode that I was listening to, they shared an example. This lady, she was like a hotshot lawyer or something. Always wanted to own an Italian cafe. She loved Italian food. She loved Italy. 
She loved Italian pastries. Why not open a cafe? So she quits her job, buys a cafe, goes to Italy, sources all the ingredients, and within like a year, she's like, I'm miserable. I don't actually love running a cafe. And it's this whole idea of like, the 40, they said like the people that call them the most are like 45-year-old lawyers who are like, made heaps of money, absolutely miserable. What am I doing with my life? And I think that it's this whole thing of like, did you actually shadow the job? Did you try the job before you spent all that time doing it? And so for me, it's all these just like just running these little experiments and seeing what it's like trying this place, going here, trying that, talking to, like you got to create the prototype and see what fits because you don't know until you try it and then you'll get the feedback and you can adapt from there. So that's three. Fourth is share it. And I think this is really cool. And for me, this is powerful. Something I need probably get better about doing. That's why the podcast idea uh, or the, the YouTube channel for me is interesting is actually sharing what you've learned, sharing a part of the journey and it helps you then consolidate the information if you are going to share it. And for me, I could do a better job of that. And I think that if I spent one morning every week consolidating all the information that I learned from the week before, put it in one place, and then I just share it, it would probably help me retain it and do leaps and bounds. And so that for me is kind of an excuse as well of maybe doing that YouTube channel. But I, um, I'm not there yet, so we'll see. And last but not least, an update on... What I'm up to, where we at with the music. Kia, what's going on? You haven't released music in a while. I know, I'm working on it. So I have been working on building out this little home studio, but I'm really excited. I've got this project I've been working on for the last month and some change, and it's all, this is before Drake did it, so I promise I was on it before Drake was, but it's all like up-tempo dance, kind of funk, and it's all by the same producers named Cheap Limousine. I love him. He produced Bad, my hit song from the last year. And it's I'm calling it Sweat in all caps. It's like dance. And it's going to be like this cool neon kind of imagery and like kind of retro funk, future funk bops that I'm really stoked. I've got one song left to finish. I finished another, the second to last one today. And then I'm going to put it together and we'll be releasing it soon. I've, I have, I've been doing the kind of singles releasing thing. I love that. It's kind of a constant slow drip. But I want this project to be kind of a coherent thing because it's all by the same producer. I, I've always loved that. Like Guru and Premier and, you know, Drake and 40. I just, I just like these. I like these producer MC combos and having it all feel kind of cohesive. So I'm really excited about that. Sweat. I'm going to learn how to dance, making dance songs. I guess there might be some uh, dancing in my future after all. Y'all, that's it. I'm quitting. I'm not quitting. I'm starting. And we're going to see where it goes. A little lost, but I think I'll be able to create my way out of this. And I'm excited for future Kia for one day when I can look back and be like, oh, wow, there were days when I didn't think it was going to work. Look at me now. All this could be yours. That I think this will be cool to look back on just uh, when... I don't have shit together. And um, thanks for being here for part of the journey, for being a part of this, as always. You're a real one. I appreciate you. I got shit to do. I'm cutting this one early. Thank you so much for tuning in if you've made it this far. Check you in a week. Peace. Got some fun things for you next week, too. Deuces.